Sometimes multiple scriptures will come together in your life to accomplish the purpose of God. Shortly after I was born again in 1975, this happened to me. Two scriptures were given to me by the Holy Spirit, and they worked to accomplish the same purpose. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Oh, no man anything. And 2 Corinthians six fourteen, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I owned a small business in Dallas at the time I was born again. American Indian Arts business, and primarily we sold jewelry. A woman became one of my customers, and she just loved the jewelry. She bought many items, and finally she came to me and said, If you need any money, I can loan you money for your merchandise upon the agreement that you will let me buy jewelry at cost. I thought that over, and this was before I was born again, and I decided to do that. She loaned me $6,000. After I was born again and given these two messages, in my heart I really purposed with God to live by these two scriptures. To owe no man anything. Not to live like the world does. Not to live where you borrow and pay later. Or you buy and pay later. If I didn't have the money I purposed just not to buy the item until I had the money. I also ran my business by this principle. This is after I was born again. If I could not pay for merchandise, I just didn't buy big chunks of merchandise. When I would go on a buying trip to the reservations in New Mexico, I bought only the items that I could pay cash for. Therefore, we operated that business completely out of debt after I was born again. But first, I had to get out of debt. And second, this woman was likely not a Christian that I had borrowed the money from. So to unyoke myself, I needed help from God. First, you purpose in your heart to do the scripture that's been given to you by the Holy Spirit. By given to you, I mean you read the Bible and that scripture stands out to you or the Holy Spirit reminds you of that scripture and you look into it and purpose to do it. Every time I went to the reservations, I was praying for God to have the Indians make the items that I needed and to show me which items to purchase. After I was born again and saw these two scriptures and had purpose to God to try to live by these two scriptures, I went on a buying trip. Now, mostly, we sold jewelry. That's where our money came from, was selling jewelry. I had never put an old rug into my business to sell it. 
It just wasn't what we dealt in. I didn't know anything about old rugs, and I did know about turquoise. For God had enabled me to have a gift to see down into a turquoise stone, and therefore I could buy the best stones by just looking with my natural eye. And I protected my customers. I dealt fairly with them. On this buying trip, I noticed an old red Navajo rug. And I was really drawn to that rug, strongly. I tried to walk away from it two or three times, but every time I had to go back and look at that rug again. The cost was $500. I bought the rug and jewelry as I could afford to buy. I went down into Albuquerque and found an appraisal of Indian rugs, and she turned out to be the key appraisal of Navajo Indian rugs. And Edna said to me, and how much did you pay for this? And I said, 500 And she said, well, you really got a good buy. She said, Joan, this rug is worth $1,500 right now. But when you go back to your business, price it much higher than $1,500. you are not going to want to sell this rug right now because it will go up in value. Most rugs that people buy are just junk, but this happens to be a good Navajo rug. So I went back to Dallas where I lived and worked, had my shop. At that time, I had the rug just rolled up over at the side of the wall, and a customer came in to look at jewelry. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, that is a Navajo rug. And he said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd want to buy that. He said, well, let me see it. So I rolled it out on the floor. He examined it, and he said, how much? And I said, 5000 And he said, I'll take it. And he began writing out his check. I was horrified, for I knew that it was currently worth $1,500, and I didn't take advantage of my customers. Even before I was born again, I didn't take advantage of them. And after I was born again, I certainly didn't take advantage of them. So I said to him, well, don't you want to think about this first, or maybe take it home and look at it in your house? No, no, I want it right now. And he wrote out his check for $5,000. I said to him, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold your check for at least one week without depositing it to give you an opportunity to think this over. If you decide you do not want the rug and you want your money back, just come within a week and I will give you your check back. He didn't do that. I never saw him again. And in thinking about the story, I'd never seen the man before either. He just vanished, sort of. I took his check for $5,000 and deposited it in my shop account, in my business account. I wrote out a check for $6,000 and 
sent it to the woman to whom I owed money to get out of debt to her, not to be yoked with an unbeliever in a business venture or really anything else. I also lived my life staying out of debt. I lived in an apartment. I didn't have the money to buy a house and pay cash. I didn't live the way of the world. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, Be not conformed to this world, to their ways, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Reading the Word of God, the New Testament Bible, and doing what it tells you to do. So from 1975 on, I did not allow myself to owe money to anyone. I didn't buy a house. I lived in an apartment. I didn't buy a new car. I drove my old car. And I did not knowingly yoke myself together with unbelievers. At that time, I was dating a man who was really quite a good businessman. And he was always yoking himself to a man that I knew was not a believer. And I pointed this out to Bob one time. Bob had told me he was a Christian when I started dating him. But he and this man were partners, and they were making a lot of money together. And I just couldn't understand doing the opposite to the Bible, yoking yourself to an unbeliever. A woman came to our group through the radio broadcast that I was doing later. And she was a vice president at Braniff International Airlines. Their headquarters was in Dallas. So we became friends. And Barbara told me, she said, you operated your business in such a different way. She said, all through my business life and dealings, I have learned one thing, and that is do not use your own money to make money. Always borrow that money and use someone else's money to make money. And yet you didn't do that. About two months later, Braniff Airlines went out of business completely, filed bankruptcy. I thought, about this and how I had followed the scripture as well as I knew how to do it. Oh, no man, anything. So I just didn't go in debt for anything. Well, that's the way I lived and still live. When I see a scripture, especially when the Holy Spirit has brought it to my attention, that is the Holy Spirit, that's God, to follow that scripture. But you first purpose in your heart when you hear from the Holy Spirit, when you hear a scripture, you purpose in your heart to do that scripture. And God made it possible for me to get out of debt and stay out of debt the next 45 years. Well, I haven't been in debt since that time. And later in life, I even ended up building what I call two apartments, one for me and the other ended up being an apartment for my mother. 
we had a trailer park lot in Clovis, New Mexico that we owned. I took the money that my dad had left me, put other money with that money, and managed to pay cash for those apartments. Later, I bought a lot on the golf course in Clovis and built a house on it when I accumulated sufficient money in cash to build a house, but I didn't go in debt. As I continued in the ministry for the next 30 years, at the end of the time that I was going to be traveling and speaking to church groups, I was living in Lubbock, Texas, where I built another house. I sold houses in Clovis, New Mexico, built a house in Lubbock, Texas, and when I became 81, it was obvious that I wasn't going to be able to live alone anymore. One of our church members in Colorado Springs took me in to her house, where I live in a bedroom and use one bath, and she helps me with food and everything else. She also does all the technical work for the ministry. I sold that property in Texas, and as a result, had money where I don't have to ask for offerings and do things that other people do. I can live completely debt-free without doing anything. We still have a few people who give money. But God made a way for me to live debt-free in each instance because in my heart I purposed to do it. If you really want to do a scripture, God will enable you to do that scripture. And in this case, both of the scriptures, in owing no man anything and not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.